Hey, it's Lex, and this is another remastered episode, chock full of new archival clips, more music, and better sound quality. This was our second ever episode, and so far I think it has been our only country music episode. It's Glenn Campbell. I personally learned a lot from this episode, but the thing that has really stuck with me since we originally published it is the music of Jimmy Webb. Be sure to check out his albums Land's End and El Mirage. They are longtime favorites of Dave's, and when we recorded this episode way back when, they were new to me but have definitely stuck in the rotation. Um, They're fantastic. Also, before we get into the episode, a little news. Our Chrissy Hind and Pretenders episode will be available on April 1st. If you're interested in Patreon and our bonus content over there, the link is in the show notes. Speaking of the show, on with it. Next on the Well of Sound. He's a fine guitar player, major star, and probably the world's foremost authority on how to say, Hi, I'm Glenn Campbell. Uh. <laughs> Here he is. Would you welcome Mr. Glenn Campbell? There's been a load of compromising on the road to my horizon. But I'm gonna be where the lights are shining on me. You get a house in the hills, you pay at everyone's bills, and they tell you that you're gonna go far. But in the back of my mind, I hear it time after time. Is that who you really are? Country boy, you got your feet in LA, but your mind's on Tennessee. Looking back, I can remember the time when I sang my songs for free. The first albums that I saw were, um, they seemed to be instrumental albums, right? Mm. Was he, he's, he, he was initially known as a picker. A picker. Right? Picker. And, and they're maybe, good. I mean, maybe one day we could figure out the difference between, you know, a picker, a strummer, uh, you know, <laughs> a guitar man. But he, yeah, maybe it was like a sort of a Jerry Reed kind of vibe, but he was he was known as this amazing talent. And he could play anything, anything you would sing to him, he could play it on guitar. And he did not start out as a singer at all. Which is amazing to me because his his voice is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, and, and so... Uh, there's a story in his intonation and, you know, he really knows how to handle a lyric, mm. you know, like I, I think other singers don't necessarily. Yeah. I mean, like a deep, deep well of feeling. I know that when he, um, he filled in for Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys when they were on tour uh-huh. in early 1965, I think. And um, there are a bunch of pictures of him with the Beach Boys, but he was not just there to play guitar. Which is kind of funny because Wilson played bass. Um, I I don't know if he was subbing for bass, but I know that he was singing the high harmonies. And for the Beach Boys, that's to have pretty a sub, amazing. Like they've got to recognize that this guy can really sing, and that's 1965. Right. You worked uh, in Brian Wilson's place with the Beach Boys for a while. Why did you not continue? Uh, well, I had uh, commitments to Shindig, and 
few personal appearances already booked for myself, and uh, I didn't like the idea of going with a group, really. Are they, are they fun to work with? Oh, very much. I was with them for about six months, and it was just great. The guys are great. Are you going to be on Shindig a lot more this year? Uh, yes, I have five or six more shows before the end of the year. And then Brian Wilson um, wrote and produced one of the most amazing like pre-Pet Sound songs called Guess I'm Dumb, mm-hmm. which is, it's got everything that you would think a Beach Boys cut of that time. It's got nothing of By the Time I Get to Phoenix. It's got all this insecurity. I guess I'm dumb. That, yeah. That's the whole, that's the, you can understand why maybe it didn't take off based on yeah, the title. Yeah, 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 of course. But here you have Glenn Campbell, country boy, really good looking, not like gangly tall Brian Wilson. And he is uh, singing Guess I'm Dumb with backup singers. Right. And the, the, the full orchestral thing that Brian did so well and it flopped but mm-hmm. it's one of these great curiosity records because it's actually a really beautiful record it's more like a Burt Bacharach song than it is like a, a rock song certainly very little in common with what Jimmy Webb brought to him the way I act don't seem like me So I came to Campbell late in the game. I feel like you know, for with country for me was always Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, like outlaw country, and I saw Glenn Campbell as um, uh, not sort of too earnest and and not nuanced. That that was my outside opinion, just at a glance. Sure, and of course. I'm wrong, <laughs> but um, that's why I stayed away for so long because I, I I sort of I it felt too sweet to me. Mm-hmm. But then there's so much there's so much texture there. I mean, what what when did you first when did it click for you? What really got me honestly was the first time I heard Wichita Lineman. I think that yeah. those those. The early, by the time I get to Phoenix, Galveston and um, Wichita Lineman, which didn't really sound like country because there were there were all these strings and beautifully produced, but with this super melancholy delivery that was, um, I've always had a, a real thing for voices like his that kind of sound like they're coming from the back of the throat almost. Yeah. But there was such sadness, I thought, um, it was sweet and it was good to the ear, but um, those songs are—they stand up today. And I think it's because there's something, there's something very universal about the feelings that are being, um, you know, growing up, leaving a place, um, leaving a woman, leaving a relationship, starting afresh, um, feeling like you've been—I think Wichita Lineman's sort of about feeling like life has passed you by. I am a lineman for the county. And I drive the main road Searching in the sun for another overload I hear you singing in the wire I can hear you through the whine 
and the Wichita lineman is still on the line. But you listen to the sonics of it, and it doesn't sound like it's more of the bare bones country stuff that was going on. It really was that different movement, which had all sorts of. Um, it was it was it was much poppier. It was much popular, yeah. but it was almost like Frank Sinatra come to Nashville. I mean, that's why they call it Country Politan. It was right, and ha- I think Sinatra covers it on fit. Oh, what's it called? Cycles. He does. He covers I, by the time I get to Phoenix or uh, Wichita Lineman. I think it's by the time I get to Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, and it's a great cover. And it's sort of you know it's the same wistful. I mean, it's hard not to you know imbue that with with. There's the story about that is that they like brought this um I I only know it briefly, but they they were trying to get that sound and someone had maybe just gotten a Mellotron or some sort of organ that they had to lug into the house where they were recording it and it would literally weigh two thousand pounds. And so um to get that one sound, that yeah. one iconic sound, which is yeah, it's it was everything. clearly worth it because that is such an amazing sound. But it was some kind of Herculean task just to get, you know, back when today you just press a button on a computer and then it was, I mean, right. it was like a mainframe, yeah, uh, yeah, mixed with a harpsichord or something that had to be brought probably, in. An operator on the back, <laughs> yeah, plugging it up. Guy from Germany, <laughs> jacking in. Um, so pre Jimmy Webb, is there stuff that stands out to you? Because I, I don't, I don't know that there is necessarily for me. I, there's a lot of um, uh, there's hits I've seen before that he covers and and handles nicely, but I, I don't know what stands out to no, me. I think "Hey Little One" is the one is the, is the song that kind of did kind of well in okay. 2000 in, in, or I think that's what it's called in uh, maybe or Little Sister something like that it was a sort of a sub Elvis type song there's something deeply romantic about this man's voice and mm-hmm. the people that he um, I mean like Elvis I think he'd be accused of uh, being a product of the studio because he didn't really um, he didn't uh, write his own songs as we know and yet he did have this yeah. hidden this studio musician side that people didn't know about oh it's, uh, there's good money in studio work and doing hundreds of sessions that was really a thrill to, to, to the people that i worked with or for in the studio say the, the sinatra and I, that was the biggest thrill for me in the world now but stand right here sit there and play guitar and sinatra is 10 feet away and he liked to sing live with the musician sing not live. Later, later no he did it live scooby dooby doo mm-hmm. they had a hard time getting the laughs out of the end of that too <laughs> that was the first thing i played him but in Nashville, there were many good rhythm guitar players. Mm-hmm. L.A., there wasn't that many. In other words, there was nobody up there who even knew how to use a capo. Mm-hmm. And when I, if you're playing an E-flat or any, you know, flat or sharp keys, except for G or whatever, I really don't know what all the flats and sharps are, to be honest. But you could, I could put the capo on and get an open, ringing sound. Now, capo is a little thing that goes over the neck of the guitar and right. changes the string right. structure. Right, you, you can play E-flat, and only I played C, in the C position, and it's open and ringing, where you can't do that mm-hmm. but unless you got the capo. Mm-hmm. And that was mainly my cause, was rhythm guitar. And then I started playing some lead on stuff. He was playing guitar on all these tracks, but he wasn't writing them. I mean, um, and so he was a little bit at the mercy of the material he was that was being brought to him. Yeah. And yet... 
when Jimmy Webb came around at 19, I think. Whoa. And he got, by the time I got to Phoenix, that was the first one. Right. This song, by the, t- by the time I got to Phoenix, she'll be rising. It's like, I've I've left in the middle of the night and I'm leaving her this. Right. You know, Isaac Hayes decided to make that into a 10 minute like funk breakdown. And it's awesome. <laughs> good call. Man, that is a good one. Everyone, I mean, Nick Cave has covered that song. There's yeah. a, such pathos in that tune that, uh, and it's written by a 19 year old. Yeah. So in a way, that's sort of amazing that that it is kind of a 19 year old song, but you know, em- embodying uh, an older man, mm-hmm. you know, and a and a history of relationship. But but that uh, that freedom, that 19 year old freedom, is is projected forward into a relationship that. I- <laughs> Yeah, you've never done that. Yeah, yeah. You haven't never... done it, but probably will. <laughs> this might be what it's like. Yeah. But somehow Webb was able to do that with a lot of his songs. He, it's embarrassing. What you do you know how they connected? Was. What what? Um, you know, I read about it. I know that um, Jimmy Webb's you know biography came out, autobiography came out last year. And in fact, you were kind enough to give me a copy of it. And one of the things uh, he goes to great pains to talk about the difference between him and Glenn Campbell, and that Jimmy Webb was a, from Oklahoma, but a real hippie and a real sort of uh, you know uh, laissez-faire kind of Southern California uh, convert, mm-hmm. and whereas Glenn Campbell was. He was really adopted, almost as like the. I don't. He's not from Texas, but like Arkansas, maybe Arkansas. But once he sang about Galveston, you know, he's like the Texan of all time, right? Of course. Um, and then you have True Grit when he's with John Wayne, and so he's gotten right. this Americana thing. And I went down to to the studio and and met Mr. Campbell for the first time, and I walked in, and I, I, oh, I was probably starting my beard then, and I had hair down to my shoulders like yours, and. Um, Probably I was wearing a, a yak vest and a tie-dyed T-shirt. <laughs> and I walked in and Glenn looked at me. The very first thing he ever said to me, he says, don't you think it's time you got a haircut? He <laughs> so the one little tidbit that I that I looked up about um, his uh, his upbringing is that his his the first time he laid hands on a guitar was uh, a gift from his uncle, his uncle Boo. <laughs> I just love Uncle Boo gave me a guitar. I mean, you can't make that up. No, you can't. I think his father was um, what was it? What was Glenn Campbell's dad was like? Some he was a sharecropper. Yeah, I remember going to when I was ten years old to uh, Wilshire, Ohio, about fifty miles from Fort Wayne, Indiana, to, to make tomato harvest. Ten cents a hamper. We hold up and pick tomatoes just to make. And how big was a hamper? Just to give the folks some. Uh, a hamper is about this big at the top and about that. It's probably a half a bushel. Wow. So we're talking, uh, you know. A lot of tomatoes for a dime. A lot of work for a dime, surely. Yeah. surely. I can make a dollar and a half a day, man, if I work real hard. And when did you pick up the guitar? I, somebody told me your dad gave you a guitar. You were four years old, five years well, old. Well, it was, we had an old pumpkin back mandolin, and all the family played and sang. Yeah. Grandpa Campbell played and sang. Great grandpa Jesse even sang. I remember him. He was born, my gracious life, in 1850. He, was, he died when he was 91 years old, and I'll never forget that old gent. But uh, everybody played and sang, right. so it was just natural. And when I come along, 
you know, there wasn't anything left but like a seventh part. So that's, that's probably why I, where I got my high voice from. And it was it was just marvelous. You know, we'd have musicals at the front porch at the house. So when he and Elvis met, they both came right. from There's these a match very humble at the same basic time. They came from the very humble. Elvis was probably a little older. Yeah. Backgrounds and were kind of thrust into the limelight. And but yeah, once once it hits web, I get really interested. And yeah. they would do this. I mean, none of those records have only Jimmy Webb songs on them. Right. But uh, they're usually like half and half. And mm-hmm. the other stuff he would record was amazing too. I mean, have do you, we've been talking uh, a little bit about this song, Anne. Yeah. Do you, do you, in light, oh yeah, let's play light. Anne. Anne is a, is, a, is a great one. Let me see. Oh, you know, yeah, the name right. Anne, as much as I have a lot of love for people named Anne, uh, it's not that musical of a name. It's really not. <laughs> it's not like calling someone, I don't know, uh, you know, Lily, Lillian or something like that. I know I'll never meet another hunk of woman like mine. Oh, she makes me feel like a great big man I'm gonna go tell her mama what I think about her Say thank you ma'am for giving me your daughter Ann She sure is stacked from her toes to the pretty little nape of her neck She's packed like a seed in a grape She's smooth as a marble skin When I see her I believe I'm a real young guy And every time I go to work I think I might die of I can't hurry home again If the good Lord worked all night in making me a female plan I'd say no thank you Lord, I'll just keep Anne No thank you Lord, I'll just keep Anne I'll just keep Anne, a big hunk of woman You know, I'm sure good old Anne loved being called a big <laughs> a hunk, big of, hunk woman. of woman um, Do you mind if I throw some some song titles at you and see if they, they stick? Because yeah. these are... Um, I know last time we we did sort of essentials, but I went through um, and just picked some songs that that clicked with me, and I wonder if they they click with you, or if you know a little bit of history. The first one was No Love at All. Do you know that? No, no. Um, Check this out. You read it in the paper nearly every day. People breaking up and just walking away from love And that's wrong, well that's so wrong A happy little home comes up for sale Because two fools have tried and failed to get along Now you know that's wrong A man that's a woman and a woman that's a man When neither one of them wanna love and understand And take it with a grain of salt But I got to believe that a little bit of love is better than no love Even a bad love is better than no love Even a sad love is better than no love at all Got to believe that a little bit of love is better than no love Even a bad love is better than no love Any kind of love is better than no love at all Wow, that's a tune. That's a, I'm being introduced to something uh, in present tense. That is a that is a that, that's what Noel Gallagher would call. That's a fucking tune, man. Ah, the escalation that, and I feel like I, I just realized it just then. Um, that escalation, the got to, is such performer skill, and he pulls it off 
so many times and it works every time at least for me no it, he he could um he could spit out lyrics really quickly yeah and, and it would work but you almost didn't realize Glenn Campbell's voice puts a person at ease immediately yes and so you almost don't like the craft I mean what what we're talking about is he he kind of becomes this vocalist and there's there's shows of him in the late 70s and he's not wearing a jumpsuit, but it's close to it, and right. the guitar's nowhere to be seen. He was kind of made into the second coming of Elvis, or like the, maybe like the B-level Elvis. Farron Young show came through, yeah, and Farron came down to promote the show, and his special guest was Elvis Presley. Wow. And that was on a Sunday night, and I got to go down and see him in the Raw. I mean, just saw Elvis and the three guys, and it was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. And Farron was smart enough at that time after he went on last one night, and he said, all them girls, Glenn, say, we want Elvis, we want Elvis. <laughs> anyway, it was a Farron Young show, but yeah. Farron would go on first from that part on, and then he'd introduce a special guest, Elvis Presley. Yeah. It was great fun. That's, so I knew that there was money to be made in the business. There's, there's enough of a match there that, that you know, the handlers could, could say, this will work, this will do. There was no, like, maybe, uh, I don't know much about his management, but there, there's just never been no another, there never, never, more materialistic person ever born than the Colonel, so it's, I'm sure there weren't, maybe there were Glenn Campbell dolls and Glenn Campbell chewing gum and Glenn Campbell coloring books, but I have a feeling there were not in the same exact way, even though their, their albums are a lot alike, and that Elvis's records would have, you know, five songs he'd just recorded and put his heart into, and then three songs left over from like six years prior and then a couple songs that maybe seemed to fit the theme that had been released in, in Germany. And uh, so a lot of those records aren't from like from where I'm sitting. They aren't that... The Elvis records. Or the Elvis records, but the Glenn Campbell records. Are not, oh. They're not albums, albums, until you get to uh, his reunion record with Jimmy Webb, and then you get to Rhinestone Cowboy. So that makes me feel a little bit better, because I did have that feeling, looking at the catalog pre-reunion, um, uh, right? That's the name of the yeah, album. Reunion. Yeah, pre-reunion, that you know you, you find some gems in there but there's a real feeling that that um somebody has packaged these songs for your enjoyment and you're not necessarily going to enjoy all of them because they there there's a little bit of one note-ness yes. to um a lot of the songs they sound very nashville country of the of the time yeah mid, uh, pre uh late 60s excuse me what did you um have you ever heard his version of "If You Could Read My Mind" by Gordon Lightfoot? Song? No. I mean, that's that's from a sort of a that period, that the period, throwaway period, and it's just like. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old time movie about a ghost from a wishing well in a castle dark or a fortress strong. With chains upon my feet You know that ghost is me And I won't ever be set free As long as I'm a ghost that you can't see I remember hearing the Paul Westerberg from The Replacements once that song played at his funeral. Um, He's a bit of a chameleon there. I mean, that that's a, that's a hard song to cover i feel like in the way that he's covering it because mm-hmm. gordon lightfoot it, it's hard to beat yeah you know unless you go 180 mm-hmm. um and he's doing it 
almost in the Gordon Lightfoot style. Right, right. Which knowing you, that like Southern Americans aren't going to buy the Gordon Lightfoot records right. the way that they might buy the Glenn Campbell. <laughs> right. You know, Texas approved. Right. But then once he clicks into gear around Reunion, right, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's on. I mean, that Reunion record, 1974, I think, uh, Jimmy had been working with the he'd done a, he'd done a basically a reunion record for the Fifth Dimension. Uh, it was really good, and half of the songs uh, that they that they recorded were songs that he'd written especially for Glenn, and other ones he'd written that were sort of for Glenn but never but had been recorded by other artists. As we all know, the difference between a hit and a miss is some intangible fraction of an inch that well, nobody really understands exactly what that is. And so I just think that when you, you run across someone, and Glenn, Glenn is one of those people who's gifted in that way of communicating your music to the public, because he, his, his record on my material has been that he's brought it to the attention of the public. It's harder for me to do, because I, I, I'm not as good an interpreter as he is. I and mean, he's a real master at setting the tone and the mood of the record so that the public gets it. It's like with all Jimmy Webb songs, when you listen to the lyrics, they kind of break you in two Mm -hmm. because they're just so all about lost love. But that they have a deep connection is the kind of almost like too silly of a word for it. They have got such a soul tie or something like that. The two. And, you know, I sometimes wonder if, like, you know, you listen to Chris Christopherson or you listen to... uh, um, you listen to like a Jimmy Webb solo record, maybe you listen to a Gordon Lightfoot record, and you're thinking like, when these guys are writing these songs, what is the voice they have in their head? And sometimes I think if they could have any voice, they would have Glenn Campbell's voice because mm. it's still it has some of that uh, southern uh, charm, or but it's got the beauty that hits all the notes in the right way. Maybe yeah. that's a fanciful idea, but I always think that he sings the, their own songs in such a way that doesn't ever betrays them. Um, yeah. He, he kind of, he's just has, has a That's gift. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really taps into the heart of what the songwriter is, is going for. And uh, he, he makes it his own, but he doesn't steal it. No. He, he does Yeah, he doesn't. And it's like there's not a lot of ego in Glenn Campbell. No. I mean, he was a he was a kind of a humble dude. It is delight. Right. Delight, right? Not delight. Delight. Right. Delight. You put that city on the map, didn't you? By talking about it so much. Yeah, they did put it on the map. They did. I'm mean, yeah. say so you yeah. did. You made it well known. <laughs> about no, but it wasn't on the map. Literally, it wasn't. literally, it wasn't on the map. For <laughs> so they finally put it on there. You ever get back there? Yo, yeah, yeah. I was back. Uh, been back twice in the last couple of months. Went back fishing Labor Day and just had a ball. Floated down the Little Missouri River, which is down in Pike County, Arkansas. Caught a boatload of bass. And I better not. Better hush. I didn't buy my license. <laughs> <laughs> better. Well, this doesn't get into Arkansas anymore. Anyway. Okay. Do they have a sign on the city limits there that uh, home of Glen Campbell? Yeah. Daylight home of Glen Campbell. You know. People go by and shoot at it, and <laughs> kick it, and go hit it with rocks, you know. Throw bottles, yeah. <laughs> they, really, that's what it is. I think it's a target for it. It's funny. He struggled with like serious cocaine addiction. He was all in. I mean, as we all do. <laughs> I mean, he's a Nashville. He's one of those guys from that era that yeah. you know, where basically everyone was yeah, just I think under four the table. Marriages, uh, right? 
you know, yeah, all he, the ups and downs. There's one album cover of his too from like the late seventies, which is amazing. But look, it's like the definition of like a haggard-looking person. I mean, I mean, the amount of hangovers uh, that have gone into that one photograph. Oh like, man, alcohol and drugs don't mix. They don't mix in a marriage. Not at all. The marriage, poof, out the window. And then you get wondering why. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's his fault. And you just keep doing it. That, that, I, it went for about six years. I mean, you wrote in here that for most of the 1970s, you had a problem yeah. with alcohol. Yeah, I did. Most 70s. The, 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 the cocaine didn't start till uh, the late 70s, like 1975. That What was it, like you're at a party or something? Or yeah. You're in a room with some people? Yeah, and, you know, try yeah. this. I didn't know what it was, yeah, you know. Yeah. Fine, you know, and it, all of a sudden it feels like the left side of your face is gone. I said, well, I like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like having half your face right. gone, you know. That's right, that's stupid. <laughs> you know, but when you're drunk to begin with, you don't notice it. True. And I was. True. It, it was, I, I just went out and thought I'd feel like what it was, the water with the hogs a while, I guess. Yeah, but uh, what's amazing to those of us who watched you perform in the 70s mm -hmm. is you really didn't give it away that much. I mean, you came on stage and you seemed to be in command and you seemed to have poise. You you knew the words. You didn't forget them, at least in right. the performances we saw. Man, how did you do that? Before we even get there, though, he goes from the reunion record, which is uh, does not yield any of the hits, that it doesn't yield another Where's the Playground Susie, even, it, yeah. or let alone Galveston. Uh, you know, Moon's a Harsh Mistress becomes a huge hit for Judy Collins but um, so then but then the, the, it kind of doesn't work so that's right, so where we, are we that's I think 75 yeah I'm pretty sure we're 75 we're a little playing looser with this but that's when Rhinestone Cowboy gets made and which it's is a, massive it's, it's massive. the one the record he's got out which I guess is one of the biggest records he's ever had called Rhinestone Cowboy somebody told me he's on the way to selling two million copies of one record <laughs> oh boy uh, <laughs> He's been nominated for two Country Music Association awards for that song and this album. Like a rhinestone cowboy Riding out on a horse in a star-spangled rodeo Like a rhinestone cowboy Getting cards and letters from people I don't even know And offers Rhinestone Cowboy come about? How did you get that song? I heard it on the radio. I heard it on the KNX here. And uh, it just knocked me out because I was, that's when I was going through the divorce and it said there's been a load of compromising on the road to my horizon yeah. and it just hooked me. And then the second verse says there will be a load of compromising on the road to my horizon. And I said, that's, hey, that makes sense to me. But yep. it's such a great hook. Little kids that come up, you know, or their dads would say, look, Glenn, my son can sing one of your songs. Yeah. And this little four-year-old kid would say, like a rhinestone cowboy. I said, yeah, <laughs> son, that's great. It's a Larry Weiss song um, who is a weird singer-songwriter who had released a record the year before called Black and Blue Sweet, which has Rhinestone Cowboy on it. Oh. But if you listen to that version... It's, you know, it sounds like some guy... It's underwhelming. It's underwhelming compared to what um, Lambert and Potter, I think, are their names. They produced the grassroots. They produced... Uh -oh. They were this one of these uh, production teams that did a lot of Tavares. You know, they did a lot uh -huh. of, like, B-tier, C-tier groups. And they somehow convinced Glenn Campbell, who didn't really have many other options at the time, to do this... And to play into the rhinestone, the, like meaning like the Las Vegas cowboy thing, even on the cover, and he has a one of his largest hits of all time. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about that before, 
but he's not he doesn't strike me as a rhinestone cowboy <laughs> you know in spite of of the 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 fullness of the song and the imagery and all of it um i feel like the the first time i well i mean i heard rhinestone cowboy when i was a kid but then when i i rediscovered it 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 has a bit of um uh there's corniness to it in a big wonderful way and i i it doesn't necessarily match now what i know about glenn campbell there'll be a, a lot of compromising on the road to my horizon i mean that's so a great, good that's a great rhyme it's so good uh but you and um, i i think we share a, a deep deep love for a song on that record called comeback I love comeback because, but but he was making it. They it was a self conscious move. He was making a comeback because right, he he'd right. sort of fallen on harder times. But that song, shall we? Yeah, please. Say? I wrote the book on self preservation, and I'm a firm believer in my peace of mind. But lately I've been looking back a little too. See that I'm losing control of me. I took a good look at the situation, and I'm committed now, though I know it's wrong. But when it comes to loving you, I never stop singing that song. I'm trying to sing. Bottom end on that song, it's like uh, that's not a country bottom end. I mean, that, that there's a walk in the dog kind of bass line that's going on yeah, in that yeah, song yeah. with almost these like Philadelphia strings. They 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 thrown out all pretense of like make of, of a kind of a Nashville sound except for Glenn, and that's some one of the reasons why I think it works so well because they're, yeah. they're doing something fresh. I'm glad you said the sort of the LA sound because to me, so this is where it clicks for me. Um, and everything that I love is I'm sort of obsessed with the LA sound and the LA imagery of the seventies. And this hits at a sort of perfect storm of LA-ness and, and what you're sort of seeing on the screen at the same time, you're seeing Rockford files and movies with Jan Michael Vincent and like, you know what (laughs) I mean? There's sort of a washed out like LA sunshine look to everything in the mid and then late 70s and this is the soundtrack of the time really and actually so the one song on reunion that i was surprised when i found out that it was on reunion is uh roll me easy which i love also has is is sort of a a bit of that um rollicking sound Mm. to it and a little bit of that southwest and and la sound um, but yeah, uh, so comeback, 
Rhinestone Cowboy, and then for me, uh, uh, um, Country Boy. Uh, Country Boy, you got your feet in L.A.? Yeah. Oh. And uh, the song, I think it's I Knew Jesus Before He Was a Rock Holy and Roll Star. Holy mackerel. Before so it was I only heard that just last week for the that, first time. I think that might be a little earlier. It's on a different album, but man, that's a song. Oh, that's a song. Well, I'm funny, it seems this how everyone knows him now. Suddenly they have found someone who's been around. Back to the fold they come, seeking his wisdom from afar. There's, there's like this, um, Lex, there's a bonus track on the CD reissue of uh, Rhinestone Cowboy called Record Collector. And it's like a, it, it's from 1975 or 1976. And it's like a, uh, a power pop song sung by Glenn Record Campbell. Record Collector's Dream. Is that right? Uh, is that it? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Why don't you, why don't you play yeah, that? Play Vector that. Corrector's Dream. I won't take you long. I'm a three-minute song. Won't you come and take a listen to me? I may not hit the top of the whole pop chart, but I'm easy listening. My master's voice don't give me a choice. You get the middle and the end between. So put the needle in the groove. I'll make It's not like the most amazing song, but it shows this sort of slightly arch uh, sensibility that he was in the hands of some some like studio cats that were right like record collectors' dream. And, th- and then like the late seventies, he does that rec- that incredible, um, which I think is the what you uh, you played me earlier. But the song Houston, I'm coming to see you. Mm. Then he also <laughs> records a version of it called London, I'm coming to see you. What? I, I, I love. Well, hold, hold on. I, I love it. I love it when. Uh, bands do that when they switch out the, yeah, yeah, the, you town. Know, the town or something like that and you're like wait that sounds really cool too and then you're like oh wait it's the same song but London and Houston are both two syllable words Yeah, right. It and works. they thought maybe that would break him in Europe he needed a hit before he toured again but um, yeah I think the late 70s are a period that there's still like a few Jimmy Webb tracks on each record, yeah, and you can find some really good some really good songs in there. They they get a little more and more sparse, and one of the covers, uh, like the actual album cover, not a cover of a song, the album cover that he does during that is of it's like a mock TV guide. Uh, oh, it's like tonight with Glenn Campbell or something like that. Is it's, that the the sort of? It looks neon. like an advertisement. Yes, I love that. That's where he's reaching out of the TV and turning the knob. Like, who, 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 who greenlit this one? Because that person um, deserves a medal. And yet it's a it's really, one of the ba- It's one of my favorite album covers of all time. It's like time. an infomercial album cover. It's called uh, "The World Going Crazy." Crazy. <laughs> that's that's <sounds laughs> nothing like, like TV in the '80s to make you say the world gone crazy. And I don't think there was much on those records. That, those were the definitely the cocaine years. Uh, there were a couple tracks on there that I I, I think I totally dig. <laughs> um, let me see if I can find one. Uh, Hold it! Don't you walk out the door? But I think we've been through this a time or two before. 
And we don't need one more Oh, dog I gotta get through to you I gotta make you understand the things you do Here's a love you need, just take it I can guarantee we'll make it Nothing's wrong But for me, it's all basically leading up to this record in the middle of the 80s when he reunites with Jimmy Webb. Okay. Um, and he's starting to get more gospel tunes in there because we know that he goes into like a strong gospel phase at the end of the 80s. But um, he, Right, was there sort of, he, he came to Jesus in like the early 80s? There was, I think there's... Uh, I think around then. Yeah. I think uh, there, I mean, there, there's a behind the music about him that's pretty intense. Mm. But the, And he gets like... Trapped is the wrong word, but he, he he's like he does like an Al Green thing where he mm-hmm. does only sacred music or only gospel music for like a solid fifteen years, and then people are like, hey, remember how amazing Glenn Campbell is? Mm-hmm. Let's hear him sing some stuff that's not specifically for churches um, or for a Christian audience. But before he does that, and actually kind of as part of it, he reunites again with Webb. This is like a full. 10 years later and I would call it like Mach 3 of their collaboration <laughs> and they he does this record called Light Years and to me that record um, it just kills me it's got um, our movie Almost Alright Again Light Years it's got the song uh, If These Walls Could Speak which um, Amy Grant then did but it's all Jimmy Webb uh, Lightning in a Bottle is the first one he does and later on like a couple years later he does um, the song Still Within the Sound of My Voice which is a web song but he does a full record minus maybe two songs and the, on the cover he's got like a skinny tie almost he looks like the new wave Glenn Campbell okay um and it's more of this heart-wrenching stuff. It's none of it's a retreat away from the good time country boy you got your feet in LA. Right, and, right, right. Um it's much more into the kind of you know, they're singing about their time in life. So it's like it's about things that go wrong in a marriage. Jimmy and, Webb's not 19 anymore. No, Jimmy Webb is not 19. <laughs> here's here's a little bit of uh, lightning in a bottle. Well, I've never believed in the look of the drone. Are depended too much on fame But being with you makes a believer of me And I only hope it's not too late All I have to do is get some lightning in a bottle It's just one Again, you have like just gorgeous yearning. Like, I got one very, very distant shot at 
winning you back. But it's sort of adult music, I'd yeah. say. And yeah, it, yeah. I, adult contemporary is the wrong word. It's really, it's still... Well, it's of the moment, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a song in there called Almost All Right Again. Like, I was almost all right again, and then I saw you, and I was basically back in the gutter. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it's all very melodramatic uh, stuff, but I find it to be a bit of a masterpiece, that late record. Right. Especially if, like, in my dream world, I take a couple of the songs that Webb was writing at that time that he later recorded mm-hmm. and put them on that record, and you have basically their... You have the amazing early years of their collaboration. You have the reunion record, which is really fabulous, and then you have that that final record of theirs. Because because it's hard to. They did more together again after that, or. Well, uh, maybe he, a few he would times. record a few things of his. Like one of my favorite of his gospel songs, which not a lot of people know, is called "Where I Am Going," and it's a Jimmy Webb song. Feel like I'm coming out of a storm. Watching dark clouds drift away Saying goodbye to all the pain I used to know It's time to let it go Just can't seem to make myself conform To what the world wants me to be doesn't hurt me anymore I know song Pretty but I, I i personally i lose track of him after about then in the middle of the early 90s he was recording yeah. christmas albums he's recording more gospel stuff um and you know starting to make the circuit with billy graham i think he was sort of close to oh, really? for, like in the way that johnny cash was oh. for me i don't get pick back up with i don't know about you lex but i don't pick back up with him until he's sort of reintroduced to in like an almost a Johnny Cash American Recordings kind of way. right okay um, and he comes back with that song it's just a record called Meet Glenn Campbell and like he covers uh, you know Good Riddance Time of Your Life on there mm. um, and um, 2008 yeah 2008 and it's it's a good record but by this time he's actually suffering from Alzheimer's though it's, it's sort of a slow decline for me the record uh, there's some there's an amazing cover on there of Wall by um, by like Tom, walls? Tom Petty. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Tom Petty's Walls, which is you know a, a great song. It's a great song. And uh, and yet, where it goes for me from there is really to the his final album where he made when he was Lucid, which is um, Ghost on the Canvas, for which Paul Westerberg of the Replacements, one of my favorite, you know, I, kind of a hero of mine. Uh-huh. 
he uh, he wrote the title track. There's a lot of auto tune on that record, but like uh, one of the guys from Jellyfish, you know the band. The yeah, Power the Pop cover band, looks really familiar. He also covered by Guided by Voices their song "Hold On Hope," which everyone had thought was such a cheesy song when Guided by Voices did it. Yet they also everyone secretly loves that song. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's Glenn doing it at the age of you know he's, he's suffering from Alzheimer's, and so for him to sing "Hold On Hope," not uh, Robert. Pollard is a slightly different thing with Paul Westbrook sort of in the studio. Every street is dark and folding out mysteriously. Where lies the chance we take to be always working, reaching out for a hand that we can't see? Everybody's gotta hold on hope It's the last thing That's holding me Also on that record is the song Ghosts on the Canvas which um, Westerberg wrote I think for Glenn Campbell and uh, you know it's about but kind of turning into a ghost, and mm-hmm. that's what that—that's what that entire period of his life is like. Right. And you have him. There's that. Um, uh, there's a documentary called "I'll Be Me," which is about his sort of final tours with his daughter and uh, his band, in which Glenn is sort of has good nights and bad nights. And there's um, the, the so the final song that that like that I know that he recorded during his lifetime that I really loved. Uh-huh. Was the song um, "I I Won't Remember You," which is like a double entendre sort of. A, mm-hmm. It's about it's a guy to a woman, but it's really about the fact that he won't be able to remember you because right. he's got Alzheimer's. And it's this. It, he recorded it with the Wrecking Crew. Like they have a version of him doing it with the Wrecking Crew. It's all on Spotify, um, and it sort of brings tears to my eyes because he's cause this he's this craggy old man uh, who who knows maybe he's singing out a line at a time in the studio. Um, but then the last record he releases, Adios, right? Is Adios, which concludes with what was his favorite Jimmy Webb song, apparently that he had never recorded. Oh wow! Which is Adios, and I can't think. I mean, ever when I first heard that song, I like I blew, I lost it because Glenn Campbell's voice is such a, such like a you know I don't know a mast yeah. of comfort to me. So ran away from home when I was seventeen. Be with you on the California coast, drinking margaritas all night in the old cantina out on the California coast. Don't think that I'm ungrateful, and don't look so. What's happening in his life, in his career, is then reflected in these songs about love. I mean, Comeback is also about 
love you know he's 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 coming back into this woman's life and they're about to make the the same old mistakes again and you see it seems like you see that even in in his later career they 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 matched that uh voice for glenn glenn campbell with you know the songs that were happening in the moment it also seems like you know it's easy to uh post rick rubin johnny cash to to look at those these reviving an, an, an older nashville star with with covers as a gimmick but it's just it's so in line with what they were always doing i mean they yeah. were always singing great songs written by great songwriters in the first place so it's just a natural i mean that if you could read my mind cover i mean he did that it's not as though it was a 20 year old cover it was a recent so it was like him covering green day yeah it right was, it would just come out and you know that's like elvis covers uh you know bridge over troubled water i right. think the year it comes out and i hear that you know it's it, it's this f- weird um i'd call it unfortunate uh modern myth that you're less of an artist if you don't write your songs that um in fact some songwriters shouldn't sing their songs you might say and you might even say it's even a greater talent to be able to inhabit someone else's songs yeah. as if they were your own and that's what where Elvis I think was is a great example but for me Glenn Campbell's really just about on par and um, it's no slight to his artistry that he wasn't writing those songs because he felt them and mm. you could tell that I mean maybe there was a few times where product was being churned out but he had that uncanny ability to reach down into himself and come out with some nugget even if he was stuck in some you know infomercial basically mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I, I think it's one of those weird pieties about indie rock or something that we've brought that I, I felt like I'd brought with me to my adulthood oh yeah I totally and, like, agree I, I, had, I had this thing about it not really liking country music and really looking down upon anyone who um, who didn't write their own stuff and thinking like you know we don't there's plenty of directors we love who are directing screenplays of other people mm-hmm. there's uh, musicians classical musicians who are doing we don't expect them to be the pianist and the Mendelssohn you know mm-hmm. it's this um, in fact some might say that the more uh, singular your talent is um, you don't want to spread it too thin or like you kind of I, as someone who in the, I think in the modern age we're like forced to be everything in a lot of ways yep. and journeyman I think is the yep. right word not highwayman journeyman <laughs> Uh, dude, Glenn Campbell was really good at guitar, and then he was also an amazing singer and interpreter of other people's songs. And when I'm listening to a Glenn Campbell record, I never think, "Oh, this this sounds like someone else's record that he's singing over." No, it's thinking. totally him. Also, um, you know, there's something, especially for uh, uh, someone like that, to be to be a star is no small task you know he he did it all he was a personality he he you know he acted he sang uh he played the guitar and 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 did it with um such skill it's it's just not something everybody can do and yeah. and and dignity. he did it well yeah dignity everyone seems to think he was uh even webb who feels like they were very ideologically very different or politically whatever you want to say they were um he also said he never met a nicer person and um 
I, I don't want to get too into hagiography, but I, I think that Glenn Campbell is an, like a great American uh, sort of treasure that will only – there no, hasn't been a definitive work <laughs> written about his music. Right. And it's going to take a little time, I think, for people to look back and be like, wait a second. All of this stuff was done with excellence and huge amounts of feeling, and uh, we need to take it more seriously. So, uh, what, so give me your five tracks. Do you have five tracks you would, you would, you would, you would give the... I'm going to do my best. Uh, I really like that, uh, that track from uh, Houston coming to see uh, called No Love At All. Um, I... Love, I knew Jesus before he was a star. I think <laughs> Amazing. that's great. You know, this is sort of assuming that you're going to listen to Reunion. In like, yeah. Because uh, it's so cohesive. Totally. Yeah. Um, country Boy, You Got Your Feet in L.A. Uh, I love Roll Me Easy. Um, and I'm just going to throw out, uh, I like Sweet Fantasy. Sweet fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the that's that's the X factor. I don't know that song. All right, we'll 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 uh, I'll play that for you after after you hit, hit us with your five. Um. Well, I would put comeback on there for sure. Yeah. Uh. And I would just gonna say I will not. I would not include any of the web the early web stuff because I think it's just so it's passed on to the canon of like everyone should know those yeah. regardless even if you let, don't like the, and by that I mean really the triumvirate of Galveston by the time I get to Phoenix and Wichita Lyman I think those are perfect songs so if you're going to go a little deeper I would do come back I would do um, uh, still within the sound of my voice which is that kind of, and I think where I am going, I absolutely love uh, that sort of gospel song on there. And um, I'd put Guess I'm Dumb on there, kind of just to yeah. be a bit of a, a smart ass. Um, and then the last one would be... Uh, and. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, the last one would be a bit of a, a toss-up. I mean, I really love his version of Christian No, for example. Oh, man. Or what a great song. Adoration. But if I'm going... It, for the deep cuts here, I'd probably put that song uh, "Lightning in a Bottle." Yeah, yeah, that was that yeah. was a great one. Yeah, that's where I'd go with it. Um, all right, so I'll, we'll we'll send you out on on Sweet Fantasy. Sing your sweet love songs, won't tell you lies. 
Wouldn't you like to go riding with me into tomorrow? 